So I'd like to uh, welcome uh, each and every one of you. <coughs> and uh, this evening, I would like to uh, actually dedicate this uh, period of time. And the uh, dedication is to uh, Rob Berbia. I'll take a couple of minutes to speak uh, about him. And the thread of the uh, time that we have together will be uh, in due respect to uh, his teachings and that which he offered and uh, shared uh, with uh, so, many, uh, so many people. The uh, numbers this evening are uh, a little on the modest side. Um, that's a little bit because we've been so full with uh, one uh, retreat and then this teacher training course, mindfulness, and just got underway when the other one finished. That just finished uh, three or four days ago. And so when we get the next e-news out, we'll uh, be able to put out the word a bit more about um, the shifting over that's taking place to the uh, online uh, and Zoom uh, approach. But more importantly is uh, this time this evening. <clears throat> On on the 7th of May, throughout much of the, the Buddhist world, it's the day which is the full moon in which the birth, enlightenment and uh, death of the Buddha is marked, acknowledged and, uh, and recognized. It is probably one of the most famous incidents that night of uh, human history. Most people know of the Buddha, they've heard that he sat under a tree and woke up to what really mattered with life and so forth. Rob Bobier, for the past five to six years had extraordinarily been dealing with one of the most severe forms of uh, cancer, pancreatic cancer, losing more than a third of the cancer surgery, plus I think maybe 20% of his intestine on very fierce um, uh, medication, chemotherapy, uh, of course, and using complementary alternative medicines as well. And the doctor said it was just remarkable, his capacity to endure such pain, but also to stay alive for such a long time. It was quite unprecedented given the severity of this particular cancer. For quite a few years, more than 10 years, he was the resident uh, teacher at uh, Gaia House. That's a retreat center, just uh, 15, 20 minutes away from where I'm sitting, where I uh, live. And many people worldwide would regularly uh, go to Gaia House and uh, meet with him one-to-ones with him, attend his retreats. And what was exceptional with him was that he endured with this, all the pain that went through his being. I'll just uh, check uh, the um, few people here uh, going on the list just a moment. Sorry to have to interrupt this uh, there. Okay. 
I think I think you're already all, all in there. Should be one one person is uh, <coughs> waiting. <coughs> and despite the intensity of the pain, he was quite determined to offer as much teachings as possible, and regularly was recording the teachings initially on. Uh, emptiness and then on what he referred to as the imaginal and this was a moving consciousness one might say into really fresh and new uh, direction the real explosion of creativity around uh, uh, consciousness and the imagination and what I would like to do this evening which falls as it usually does on the Sunday evening wisdom series is for the first part to offer a guided meditation. I will make the theme uh, of emptiness uh, on this uh, period. Then following on from uh, that, um, there is his well-known um, book, which much, much loved the book. I've got it right here in front of me. You may be able to see it through the light. It's uh, Seeing, <clears throat> pardon me, seeing that frees. And then beneath it, it says, um, meditations on emptiness and dependent arising. There, so 400 page uh, volume. And with the talk with you this evening, I highlighted uh, a few sentences uh, there. Would like to offer a short comment um, on a few sentences that I've uh, uh, picked out, which I have here, and following on from that in the last period with you, if you have any questions whatsoever, I'll uh, endeavour to uh, respond to them. So this is the, the period of time that we have together. Um, I'm not quite sure what one does to admit all in, in one go, so I'm actually having to um, have a look and uh, just check from time to time. So let's anyway have our 20 minute um, sitting meditation together. Uh, let's as always just check that the posture is rather uh, tall and upright, so beneficial for harmony of body and mind. Just sitting. Just experiencing this very bare event. allowing this to be the priority. Having not a drop of interest in anything elsewhere. Not the past, not the future, not some other place or location, 
So it is just this. This presence. This stillness. And as we quietly abide in this stillness, the mind is empty of all that accumulated knowledge and information. It is empty of all of those past experiences that extend back over the years and over the decades. It is empty of everything we have ever done. In the absence of all that, there is just this. In the experience of just this, it is empty of future planning, future hopes and fears. It is empty of what is happening somewhere else. Something that's going on in the present moment elsewhere. So there is just this. which is empty of all of that.
So there is an abiding, a dwelling, a resting in this. without making any demands on life, not on ourselves, not on the other. ourself and though that constructs us to be our self experiences history nationality thought bearing no relevance all that we describe as ourself There's no bearing, not even our name. What is just this? Are we going to settle for just this as some absolute truth, as some permanent reality? Are we going to give substance to just this? Are we going to settle for just this? Why would we ever want to settle as a goal of this, just this? What is this? 
we might describe as a range of sensations. emerging out of the body. Do these sensations have any substance? Or are they dependent on the physical form on energy, on consciousness, on connection, on the environment, the ground under our feet, the light So the sensations have no substance. Does what we hear right now, a person's words traveling through the air, through the technology, Do the words, the vibrations of the sound confirm any substance? That which we see Can that which we see be seen without the seeing, without the seer? So that which is seen does not have substance of itself. But the way it is seen is dependent on the eyes, on the seeing. So the sights are empty of substance. The sounds are empty of substance, requiring in this case a speaker <clears throat> and a listener and much, much more. And the sensations in the same way.
what happens to a human being realizing <clears throat> and appreciating and acknowledging the emptiness of substance. What is this expansion? which is not confined to just this. What is this empathy which is released and kindness which is released recognizing and knowing the suffering that arises through the exaggeration, through the giving of far too much substance to anything. that the seeing of emptiness is simultaneously the release of clarity, of wisdom, of empathy and kindness. Remaining couple of minutes. May all beings see deeply into the field of human experience. May all beings be free from clinging and grasping. May all beings understand emptiness and the love that emerges. <clears throat> Thank you everyone.
Just going to have a sip for a moment. Sorry, it's a bit dry. <clears throat> right. So, um, how are we doing? Allah, time's rolling by. So, 15 to 20 minutes. I've got some uh, quotes um, from uh, uh, Rob. I'm going to read out uh, a few, see how many I get through in the 15 to 20 minutes, and then we'll pass over to you if you have any responses or uh, uh, questions. Let me. Here we go. So you, you'll need your, your, you'll need to be in good form with your ears this evening to uh, 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 listen. <laughs> this is not your everyday coffee conversation, I can promise you. But here we go. I hesitate to read even the question, it's the, the comment, it's such a tough one to start off with. Oh, this is on page 19 of the book I just showed you. Ultimately, it turns out we cannot say things are fabricated, nor that they are not fabricated. Now how about that for a one-liner? We, we could meditate on a sentence like that, for your next 10 retreats, and it wouldn't be a waste of time. All right. So here's the view. This is the comment. There's a long tradition of this, of commentary on precious texts. So this is, this is Rob's text is, is um, uh, pressure, precious. So we look at the world. Quite often we look at the world in terms of a simple division. It's unhelpful, it's unhealthy, and it's not seeing clearly. And the look at looking on the world in this way is looking on it in terms of me, this is me here, and all that is not me. This is an artificial uh, division which the self has uh, submitted to, and unfortunately, rather a lot of other human beings have as well hence the suffering on this planet. So then we explore, we say, okay, I don't want to be looking at the world as this is me and that's not me. I want to have a really fresh dedication to be looking every day in a completely different way. It would be useful and beneficial to see the world as fabrications, not I, the self, created the world, I create my own reality. And this is one large ego trip in my view. But more, there are these constructions, fabrications, they fabricate, they come together, like, like a piece of fabric with lots of patterns in. It fabricates together. Um, it's composed together. So I'm sitting with you, we're sitting together, and in this uh, sitting together, it's a composition. 
It's a fabrication. It's all come together. We didn't dream it up there. And we might conclude that, oh, life is just full of compositions. It's full of constructions. It's full of forms. And with that uh, view, it's certainly preferable to living in this is me, that is not me, and all the conflict that goes with it. But I don't think it would be fully satisfying. So then a person may have the experience, and as a servant of the Dharma, of course, had the privilege of listening to a few thousand, thousands of people over the years. And a person may say, wow, I've just realized the unfabricated, the unconditioned, the uncomposed. And very easily, the view shifts towards that. And when the view shifts towards that, if it makes substance out of it, that's the, that, and one identifies strongly with it, hope you're following here, then the unfabricated, based on experience, based on the view of the experience, this then becomes a reality, and the rest, the fabricated, gets a minor importance. It can become so minor in importance that there are some will say the world is Maya. The world is an illusion. There is just the unfabricated. There is just reality. There is whatever. So in the sentence that Rob is saying, holding to the view of everything is fabricated, is one view. Holding to the view that actually it's all unfabricated would be holding to another. So neither of these two views are worth clinging to and therefore see the emptiness of the clinging to the view. All right, you got it. Okay. Not much more to say after that really, but I suppose I should try. All right, let me find another sentence here. Mm -hmm. this, this I really like. It doesn't mean much comment on, but it's genuinely worth remembering. Yeah. Rob was an extraordinarily realized human being, had the privilege of knowing him forever and ever. And his great uh, service to people spoken of with such uh, immense love and uh, affection that people traveled all over the place to go and uh, uh, listen uh, uh, to him. And one of these remarkable sages and mystics and visionaries and activists, he's, yeah, Rob was something. All right. <laughs> he says this is a loose definition of insight. It's not loose. It's a fantastic definition. Any realization, understanding, or, or way of seeing things brings about to any degree a dissolution of or a decrease of dukkha. Brilliant. 
I'm going to repeat it so you can remember. I'm going to change the wording. An excellent definition of insight. It's not loose, excellent definition. Any realization, understanding of way or way of seeing things brings it, which brings about to any degree a dissolution of or a decrease in dukkha. Wonderful. Blessing. Next, next, next uh, line. This is really a, this is, this is a, a lovely one. We come to know beyond doubt, mark the words, beyond doubt, that happiness is possible for us in this life. Of course, you know, um, this is on page 41. The previous is on page 29. And I think the reminder of this is really important because in moments of turmoil, trauma, confusion, one feels frozen, the brain can feel frozen, the thought can feel frozen, the emotion um, in not knowing quite the hell what is going on with oneself. It's quite common that in the difficulty of the anguish the thought then arises quite the opposite we come to know beyond doubt that happiness is possible for us in this life and that knowing when it's deep and it's without doubt, it doesn't mean to say that a human being doesn't have to go through troubles and difficulties and struggle and anguish, or as in Bob's, Bob's case, years of incredible pain, pain, extraordinary pain. But the person, the human being, knows without doubt that in spite of this which is going on, happiness can still come through. It may not come through in the midst of the difficulty, but there is a knowing it will come through. And when I spoke to uh, Bob, Rob, sorry, Berbia, he told me, amongst the many uh, insightful things he mentioned, and one of them was in the night. And those of you who, like myself, as well, have been you know, sick in the night with, or with great pain in the night, I'm going back to my 10 years in the East and some of those times there especially. And the night seems incredibly long. One is kind of waiting, kind of praying, you know, for the dawn to come, the light to come whatever the health situation is and he said to me that he would just sit on his pillow used for his head and just meditate and just stay with it with the equanimity he said and just work with all this pain that ravished uh, the body uh, there and knowing 
it would change and knowing there would be relief would come and knowing happiness would come he had no doubt about it that's what deep realization is it doesn't with the pain it doesn't have the power to generate for the wise that those fears and doubt i'll never be happy again I, or i don't deserve happiness or i can't find any happiness so even in the midst of it in the deep there's no doubt and teachings are not the promise of permanent happiness but they are the showing us the possibility of knowing happiness and having no doubt about it and it can emerge and the glasses <laughs> talk about dependent arising glasses are the living proof of it <laughs> all right here we go so that was on page um, 41 well this is a nice one the whole area of social conventions which I've spent most of my life trying to protest about or lots of them is one in which we can experience all kinds of suffering not to underestimate the social conventions and how much suffering can be in social conventions yet with a little reflection a little not lifetimes we can recognize the emptiness of some conventions that we have reified that's reinforced reinforced made a lot about and this realization can bring some freedom page 67 so there's the variety of social conventions that we have sometimes through our roles our social political financial religious educational beliefs all the social conventions that we might have and we want to know ourselves well enough which ones do i reify that's a, a more um, fancy word for giving substance to which ones do i exaggerate to the point that my peace of mind and happiness and contentment is dependent on whatever that might be about and that could be meditation you can reify that as and uh, dharma practice and a relationship or whatever so just to uh, repeat the, the good line here we can recognize the emptiness emptiness is not any rejection of that's not emptiness that's rejection the knowing of the emptiness of is i have a relationship with i have a connection with these social uh, conventions are there but i have not given them the power to for me to identify that it's going to cause a lot of suffering but we've got to know where where we're vulnerable which kind of social conventions and there are there are a few around uh, i'm hoping one day we can 
start working on changing lots of these social conventions. Anyway, that's another story. I like this one, this is a good one. So it was always, um, uh, Rob Berbia, um, the resident teacher of Gaia House. This is how he, when people say, who's Rob Berbia? Oh, the resident teacher of Gaia House. This is the, the, the common one-liner that, that was used uh, there. So then he makes a comment on this. We should remember this too. It's a very good, very good point. I need not conceive. So conceive is another composition. It's another construction, another fabrication, something's been put together. I need not conceive of myself as the resident teacher. I am at times friends to friends. That's too. I am a musician, actually a very fine classical pianist, uh, 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 by the way, and a, comp and a composer. Anyway, um, I'm a musician, a poet, a writer, a citizen, a neighbor, a son, an uncle, a room cleaner, an activist, a cook. This seeing of the holes, H-O-L-E-S, Another word for emptiness. Seeing of the holes in any role can be immensely helpful in exposing its lack of solidity. Nice. So, like with the guided meditation a little bit, we look at the roles and say, okay, when I'm just sitting, I'm not the, whatever, I'm not the teacher, I'm not the grandfather, I'm not the, what else? Not the, the father, I'm not the friend, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not the cleaner, I'm not the one in the toilet, or whatever it might, I'm not the cook, I'm not the reader, I'm not the writer. Blah, blah, blah. So one sees holes in these roles because they are rather insubstantial. They come, they stay a little while, and they, they, they go. And in approximately 15 minutes, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm seeing the hole in this role, and then I will go to the room next door and heat up the food from lunchtime. <laughs> all right. So remember oh, the variety of roles. So you're not giving too much, um, what was the word he used? Uh, solidity to any of them. Or teachings of emptiness from Rob. Bless him. Asking a friend or someone whose wisdom and trust you. Sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Asking a friend or someone whose wisdom and care you trust to help you see the wider conditions that you may be missing <clears throat> can be enormously supportive. I can look at look along the, the, the row up there. This is for you, for you lot and for me. Sometimes we need a friend. Or, we, or a person whose wisdom and care, empathy, we trust, to help us see the wider conditions. So person, mindfulness teachers, and therapists amongst you, and social workers, and people engaged in a variety of forms of service uh, there, and 
though we look at the conditions to help another or others get through their stuff, shall we call it, whatever the issue may be about. But we need to remember to look at the wider conditions to develop a bigger perspective because sometimes we can exaggerate our own personal issues and stories we forget something bigger sense of something bigger whatever word we might uh, use so we need the good counsel of others it could be the friend it could be those with specialized skills and knowledge we have a trust in her trust in him we sense their wisdom and care is there and they will remind us, we will remind each other of uh, the wider view of things in a healthy and practical way, as well as addressing the specifics. That's the reminder. All right. Time's galloping by. I'm just warming up. Notice, this is now, on, that last one was page 105. This is page 185. Notice if and how the sense of ownership is affected when the mindfulness is relatively strong and the mind is less taken by thoughts about the object. Not easy, I'll, I'll, re I'll re repeat it. It's a brilliant insight. Notice if and how the sense of ownership is affected when the mindfulness is relatively strong and the mind is less taken by thoughts about the object. So I'm um, sitting here, right? So it's the watch. Now this particular watch, my mum bought me. She's gone from this world. She's in the timeless, but here's the time. And she bought it for me for my 60th birthday. So it's, it's old, <laughs> 16 years old. And it's been on the wrist most days of the week etc etc uh, there so if I explore I think ordinarily oh my watch my, my watch this is this is mine it's not yours it's 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 mine this, this thing is keeping me in time never but anyway that's the thought and but then when the mindfulness is relatively strong no promises here from Christopher so look at it, and instead of, it says, now says 10 minutes to eight o'clock, by the way. And a look at it, relatively strong, look at it. The idea that it's my watch actually starts getting less. And it's a watch. That's all it ever was. It's a watch. Just because it happens to be on this guy's wrist and not on yours is no reason to call it mine. It's a very poor excuse. So the mindfulness looking at relatively strong, so not absolute, no big time, relatively strong, can shift that my off and just see it more clearly as it is. And that is precious. That is precious. 
says he as he drops his sheets of notes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, I, one, one or two more. I've got lots of them. So many of them I could spend more time with you, however. All right. All right, this is a nice one. This is page 251. Through letting go of clinging and more totally and deeply, the world of experience fades and ceases and seeing and understanding this is of great significance. I'll repeat. Through letting go of clinging and more totally and deeply, the world of experience fades and ceases and seeing and understanding this is of great significance. This is a really precious insight and revelation. Yeah. So, clinging, the actual Pali word, is inflaming a situation. That's what the Pali root means, to inflame something. And in the inflaming of anything, anything, that inflaming, it brings a substance. It gives it a thingness. Very easily, this is what's being pointed out, we can say, I really want an enlightenment experience. I've read about it, I've heard about it, these famous teachers, masters, gurus spoke about it, the Buddha had one, by the way, which he didn't, and, and so everything relies on experience. But if one made a huge fuss of the importance of the experience, it would have to start feeding the self. Oh, you know, I had this amazing experience. It just transformed my life. And so, and one starts to build it up and give it substance. The Dharma of the teaching is one in which there is a fading of the significance, that means the projection and the investment, so that there is a liberation through seeing the emptiness of clinging and holding to any kind of experience. We can appreciate them, we can certainly enjoy them, there's a wonderful range of spiritual, religious, social experiences uh, there. But liberation is non-clinging, and non-clinging means not holding to any experience and making it very substantial. And therefore, experience can come, stay for a while, and fade uh, there, and to use the, uh, the, the good man's words, good man's words, well, uh, and to see and understand this, this is of great significance. So these teachings are not the pursuit of some amazing experience. They're teachings of liberation through non-clinging, which is another way of saying, of seeing the emptiness of things. 
And then, so I'll, I'll leave that with, um, I won't go, there are a few more there, but uh, I'll uh, call it a, a day uh, just on that. And just finally with this, <clears throat> uh, in a way, Rob Berbia is in the um, tradition of uh, the Buddha and then the great exponent of uh, the teachings on emptiness, Nagarjuna, who's Mula Karika, Mula Majma Karika, um, is a series of verses which give a precious uh, comment. And there is lots of interest and curiosity in this aspect, understanding of emptiness. It is important to point out that in the around 10,000 discourses of the Buddha, ranging from two or three verses to 10 or 15 pages, which is the kind of background there, I'm not sure how often the word emptiness appears in these 10,000 discourses. I must count sometimes, maybe in 30 discourses. So it's not fundamentally important to really understand the meaning of emptiness. It's an avenue, it is um, uh, an open door, and there are many other ways to understand, which brings the wisdom, the freedom of being, and love and empathy for others. So it's important to recognize and get a proper perspective. Because sometimes people will say to me regularly, oh, Christopher, I hear about emptiness. I'm trying to understand it. but I just don't get it. You don't have to. It's just one avenue of approach. And sometimes even in every day conversation as well, you and I might be talking to someone and the person says to us, you know, I, I had this experience and I, I put so much projection into it and importance into it. You know, God, how did I do that? God, I really see the emptiness of doing that. So sometimes we have some clarity and insight and we really see the emptiness of projections and fantasies and, and uh, kind of abuse of the imagination and uh, holding on to anything or uh, anyone. And so for some, the word rings okay. Others, it's just not their cup of tea. Important to remember that, not to exaggerate and make a thing out of emptiness, which is slightly ironic anyway. All right. So let's just have a quiet minute and then I'll, a um, few minutes if you have any questions and the usual form, there's the chat, which enables you to um, write it or if you wish it to be spoken, I'll endeavor to respond uh, with the spoken. And if you do remember to uh, unmute in order to speak. Okay, but let's have the quiet minute for a moment. <clears throat>
Right, I'll um, have a look at the chat and uh, yeah. all right. <laughs> but as she very kindly uh, would let, let people in, I have a nice to see you. <laughs> so I'll give you a shout if uh, so anyone has anything you'd like to uh, respond to verbally or in the written. And um, it's just a few of you, so uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. Yes. Hi, Christopher. Uh, yes, good evening. Hi. Let me, um, let me just, um, could you expand a little bit on um, why does emptiness or an understanding of emptiness or how does it lead to lead to love? Mm, I'll endeavor. <clears throat> so, uh, in a way, in a way, non-love, the absence of love, is a kind of um, contraction. Reaction aversion, blame, violence, abuse, even disliking, there's some reaction. And the reaction is contracted around something. It could be called big, it could be called life, it could be called self, it could be called the other, it could be called the job, etc. So the, so, in the absence of love, there is a contraction. And the contraction is to give that selfness, to give it substance, to make a thing out of it. So, the seeing the emptiness of it, of doing that through insight, through understanding, through inquiry, through meditation, the seeing the emptiness of it ends the blame, the fear, the reaction, the contraction, etc. And in that ending or fading away, that brings about an expansiveness. And the being, not that it's um, intended, it's not that one is training the mind to be loving and kind, it just uncontracted it just releases it it's just organic yeah there's no <clears throat> as you know uh, rosemary in the tradition buddhist the buddhist world lots there's lots of mentioning mentioning of um developing loving kindness like metta you see uh, and in a variety of ways of doing that. Um, and the adopting and the cultivation of particular practices. 
And then you know, lots of people, people telling me regularly, oh, Chris, I got so much benefit, it was really so good for me, etc. And of course, I acknowledge and respect the benefit. The master, the Buddha, has not anywhere given any methods, techniques, or practices for metta. Not found. Uh, metta means love, friendship, loving kindness. The tradition says it means loving kindness, but it's much bigger than that. So the, the, the Dharma is an exploration in which to free our being up. So out of the understanding, the kindness comes. Naturally, naturally it will come without any effort because there's nothing to obstruct it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that, that's, that's what it's about. All right, <laughs> thank you. All right, another question. Um, you can always, you know, dip out. You know, it's turned eight o'clock here, turned nine o'clock. For some, beginning a bit late. And for better, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> Anyone else? Any, any uh, response? Um, I have another question if nobody what? else. Uh, well, we, I can wait and see if somebody else comes up with something. <laughs> kind. Go on, right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. This this idea of emptiness. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to mean something a little bit different when I read different uh, texts or different things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, as what, and, and sometimes it, it seems to be emptiness is kind of a dissolving of something. Uh, mm. Uh, mm. Um, a dissolving into even nothing, nothingness, mm. from my understanding. Mm. And in other, other understandings, it's a coming together. Um, I'm thinking like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, mm -hmm. for example, his idea of emptiness is uh, being full of, of everything. Mm. And um, like... Uh, he, he uses for the example, the paper is made out of the cloud and the tree and the, the lumberjack and right. the, you know, yeah. all of that. And, and sometimes that almost seems a little bit contradictory to me. All right. So just on the two, uh, in both cases, if it's liberating, it's authentic. If it's just, Seeing change or a poetic view of things, you know, the piece of paper has the cloud in it and so forth, uh, there, it wouldn't be the seeing of emptiness. Thich Nhat Hanh and uh, uh, other teachers, um, knowing them, have a, uh, like Rob as well, a, a very deep and profound understanding. And there is a whole range and variety of 
shall we say, open doorways to the understanding of emptiness. And one could be the impermanent doorway. The other could be um, the emptiness of I and my. The other could be that nothing has a self-existence, that piece of paper I'm holding has the rest of existence in it. And quite a few other ways uh, of, of looking. Always, if it in some way is genuinely liberating, it's freeing one up to a fresh way of looking, then, well, that open doorway has registered well. And all of them, if they're freeing up, are genuinely valid and authentic. Okay. Right. Yes. We've got a quiet minute or two just to finish. All good? All right. Thank you. Thanks, Rosemary. <laughs> so let's have a quiet minute or two. Right. And I'll just say uh, closing words. On behalf of the entire Sangha uh, around the world, I would like to express our gratitude and appreciation to Rob Berbier for his steadfastness his endless expressions of kindness his quiet determination to offer teachings, to keep speaking until the voice couldn't, couldn't say any more. I'd like to express as well various women and men in the Sangha who are available, supportive, 24 hours a day with Rob. On the numerous occasions when he gave us the update on his condition of the respect and affection he had for all those who constantly gave him energy, gave him so much support. And with his death and the ending of all of this uh, pain, he leaves us with a, a wealth of insights, a remarkable book, many, many, many recorded talks, as well as being an inspiration. And we are blessed to have known him. Blessed to know of him. And may we also stay steady as we make this journey through life. Respecting the traditions, he was from the Jewish tradition respecting the Buddhist traditions and many other traditions, 
and all of that which contributes to our support, our clarity, our well-being. May all beings live with love. May all beings live with wisdom. May all beings live a truly liberated way of life. Thank you very, very much, everyone, for uh, taking the time uh, this evening. Lovely to uh, see you all. And I'll be back on duty on uh, next uh, uh, Sunday. And don't hesitate to uh, keep in touch. Okay. okay. Love to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Christopher. Thank you, Audrey. Yes. Mm -hmm.